It's the most all-star studded challenge ever. And this time, it's every competitor for themselves. Best challenge ever! The Challenge All-Stars. New season now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Go to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Terms apply. Jeremy Renner returns to Paramount Plus for a brand new season of the original hit series, Mayor of Kingstown. My job is to create a balance. Avoid a war. From executive producer Taylor Sheridan, co-creator of Yellowstone. There's some new players in town, and they brought the flag. And Antoine Fuqua, director of Training Day. I know it's always been a war zone, Mike, but this is next level. The mayor is back in business. Are you warning me? You don't want to find out. Mayor of Kingstown. New season streaming June 2nd, exclusively on Paramount+. Plus. Well, it's the first Wednesday in February. You know what that means. It's signing day, national signing day. Not as big as a deal as it used to be, of course, but still a big deal for a lot of kids who still have yet to sign and for some programs that might be in store for some big surprises and potentially some big rises in the 24-7 sports rankings when it comes to the class of 2023. Hello, I'm Brennan Marcello. You're listening to the College Football Daily. The better break this down and look ahead, we bring in Steve Wildfong. Steve, I was looking at it. We got like what, like only six kids uncommitted in the top two, four, seven heading into signing day on Wednesday. Yeah, most of the heavy lifting is done for the programs in college football in this 2023 recruiting cycle. Alabama sits atop the standings. It's the 10th time Nick Saban will sign the number one ranked recruiting class during his time in Tuscaloosa, Georgia at number two. They could add a couple more tight ends here at the end, Brandon and Deuce Robinson and Walker Lyons uh, as they solidify this number two ranked recruiting class in the country. Texas on track to finish in the top five for a second straight year. They sit at number three in the standings. Uh, Oklahoma having as pivotal recruiting class as any program in America by my estimate. Uh, one uh, that is uh, full with of a potential franchise quarterback in Jackson Arnold and several difference makers on defense. This was a defense that ranked near the bottom of college football, a place that Brent Venables has no feel for, has, hasn't fielded one of the poorest defenses in college football history in his career, to my knowledge. And uh, Ohio State rounding out the top five. Oregon's the program that has a chance to be a big mover on National Signing Day. They're at number 10, but if they can close Nicholas Harbor, the five-star athlete from Washington, D.C., and Roderick Pleasant from California, both are also uh, track recruits. Oregon would jump up into the top five all the way to number four. So Oregon, a potential riser. South Carolina trying to add to their best recruiting class in 24-7 sports history. History. Uh, Maryland trying to have some fireworks here with Harbor, perhaps, and, and, and a couple four stars from the state of Florida in, in uh, Andrew Harris and, and his brother, Michael oh, Harris. Right. Yep. And so still some stuff to track here. Penn State putting together a superb offensive line class. Brandon, they want to add another top 247 recruit to that in Chimdi Ono, but Michigan State, who has a top 25 class right now, the other contender for the road grader from the state of Maryland. So there's still some stuff to pay attention to as we go into the final day, and we'll also put a bow on it with some analysis and coverage all across our platforms. So tell me about Oregon. You wrote an article uh, behind our VIP Playwell on Monday about Oregon's potential rise here. You mentioned Nichols Harbor and Roderick Pleasant. What's, what's with these late moves for Oregon? What has gotten them going on this hot streak? 
Well, Roderick Pleasant's been a guy that they've been in the thick of it for quite some time you know, out of Gardena, California, Gina Paracera High. He's the number eight corner in the country by the 24-7 sports metric and number 91 in the 24-7 sports composite. Took his official visit in November to Eugene and, like I said, also being heavily recruited by the track program. He's got 10.14 speed in the 100-meter dash. He is arguably the fastest player in the country here and a guy that has world-class speed. USC is the other contender. He's got a top five that includes Boston College, Cal, and UCLA, but expecting this to come down to Oregon and USC, and there are some that think that he'll pick Oregon, so uh, that would be a big pickup for Oregon here as they try and close strong. 28 commits as they start the day. Would love to finish with 30, and Nicholas Harper is the other name on the board, and and this is a, a recruitment where there's four finalists, Maryland, Michigan, again. South Carolina and Oregon, as I talked to you Monday afternoon here on the recording, I think a lot of these schools feel confident about their standing. South Carolina is a program that's been recruiting Nicholas Harbor as long as any school on the board. He's been to campus several times, including the game against Georgia earlier in the fall. He's built a great relationship with Shane Beamer and uh, Jody Wright and that coaching staff there in Columbia. And he's also really connected with the recruits. Like I said, South Carolina's got the number 16 ranked recruiting class in the country. They also have a track coach that's very experienced in Curtis Fry. So um, they check a lot of the boxes of what Nicholas Harbor is looking for in the school. Maryland's a program that seemed to have some momentum in December. I took several visits to campus, including a basketball game, and also returned for his official visit. I think some of the buzz around Maryland has lessened here over the last couple days here in the process, but I still wouldn't discount the local program. Both his parents have graduate degrees from Maryland. They like Mike Loxley, and Maryland's track coach is also extremely experienced, and Andrew Valman, who has a couple gold medals as a as a member of the 4x4 relay team in 88 and 92. And he was also the head track coach of the United States Olympic team in 2012. So he has that pedigree. And Mike Loxley's been going as hard as any head coach and recruit Nicholas Harbor. But Oregon, he took that official visit this weekend. And there's a lot of buzz coming out of that trip that the Ducks continue to move the needle with Nicholas Harbor, who has aspirations of running in the Paris Olympics. You know, talking to his uh, dad going into the visit, you know, the first thing that he mentioned when I asked, what do you like about Oregon? He said, Nike. And so Phil Knight and, and Penny Knight, and, you know, getting a chance to go over to their, uh, their, the Phil and Penny Knight center on his, on his visit, you know, the head track coach staying back in Eugene instead of going to uh, uh, a track meet in Texas shows how important he was. He got the red carpet tour of the track facilities. He posted about his visit to Hayward Field. You know, uh, Dan Lanning was in home a couple weeks ago. Several staffers returned the following week. Junior Adams has kind of been leading up the charge in that recruitment. And Oregon certainly checks a lot of the boxes of what he's looking for in a school as well. And then I think, you know, you even talk to Michigan's, uh, our Michigan insider, Sam Webb, and, and, and sources around the Wolverines in that recruitment. And they felt good about where they stood with Harbor coming out of the in-home with him. You know, Michigan is, you know, Nicholas Harbor is also an aspiring doctor or aspiring uh, sports broadcaster. Michigan checks those boxes for him in addition to their football prowess and what they've done on the track. So this one could still go a few different ways. I know the crystal ball is favoring South Carolina. I would not sleep on Oregon. Maryland was a program I liked last week, just to give you some (laughs) perspective on how things change here with Nicholas Harbor. So tell me about number one tight end, Deuce Robinson. 
potentially may not sign on national signing day. I know a lot of us think that it's down to Georgia and USC. Where do you think stand for him and what's pulling him one way or another? Well, I like Georgia's position for Deuce Robinson. He's a young man that has aspirations. You know, Nicholas Harbour and Roderick Pleasant are two sport standouts. So is uh so is Deuce Robinson. He's going to hear his name called in the Major League Baseball draft. And with that position of where he gets drafted probably depends on what his family's telling these Major League Baseball scouts on the number and, you know, what they're open to as far as playing minor league baseball. And, you know, certainly he's looking for a football program that can develop him as a pro as well. He has aspirations of playing professional sports in both. And I know that's extremely hard to do, especially in today's sports landscape. But Deuce Robinson's extremely talented. George is the program that I think is in the best position for him as we record on Monday afternoon. Their track record of developing tight ends and their track record as a program and his relationship with Todd Hartley and that staff, I think make him very comfortable with taking a, you know taking his talents to Georgia and seeing how they can get developed there from a football standpoint. Certainly USC is, is a program that at one point was considered the leader. You know, Lincoln Riley's offense is exciting um, and, and it's a program that's on the rise. Texas, Oregon are two other programs that have been swinging on Deuce Robinson as well. We're on the names to watch and the best position groups in this class after this. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. Well, one of the biggest names, one of the biggest stories we've seen in the recruiting world the last couple of weeks is obviously revolved around quarterback Jaden Rashada. Committed to Miami, then went to Florida, committed to Florida. Reports of there being an NIL deal in place for him were $13 million. And then some drama with that and whether that was actually going to be fulfilled. Then he asked for his release from his letter of intent that was granted from Florida. And now he's back on the open market. Recently, most recently visited TCU, also was apparently maybe going to visit Arizona State. What is the latest with Jaden Rashada and what kind of timeline are we looking at here for maybe potentially hearing about what the future holds for him as far as where he'll go to school? Yeah, well, talking to a source with knowledge of the recruitment Monday, he thought that Jaden Rashada would sign on Wednesday. He thinks Arizona State and TCU are the program's best position. Visited Arizona State last weekend, was at TCU this weekend. And then from there, it gets a little murky on what you think he's going to do. You know, there's some people that think he'll end up at Arizona State, where he's got a great familiarity with Kenny Dillingham, the new head coach, knows what he did as a play caller at Oregon, a top 10 offense, turned Bo Nix into one of the top quarterbacks in college football. His brother lives in the Tempe area. There's a lot of comfort with Arizona State, where his father played his college football. Then you have TCU coming off the college football playoff in the national championship game. Their quarterback, Max Duggan, did he won the Davey O'Brien, right? 
Yeah, he won Davey O'Brien. He's a Heisman Trophy finalist. TCU uh, was playing for all the marbles against Georgia. Uh, Sonny Dykes and his his offense is very enticing. He has a previous standing relationship with Kendall Bryles, the new offensive coordinator. It sounds like the city of Dallas and Fort Worth is also an exciting potential opportunity as well. But people that spent time with Rashad and his family at TCU thought that the family loved it. And so we'll see what happens. Always interesting, even when it's quote-unquote slowing down. You mentioned Penn State, its offensive line hall. I also like what we're seeing in the trenches from Oklahoma on the defensive line. When you look across just this signing class as a whole and as we're winding down, I know you're looking at 2024. What are some positional groups at certain schools that are really impressed you so far? Yeah, so if you kind of start with Oklahoma here, I mean, this is one of my two favorite recruiting classes along with Alabama. You know, obviously I love Georgia's class and, and some other ones too, but I mean, Oklahoma, they they ranked 122nd in total defense this year. They were 106 against the run and 119 in passing yards allowed. I mean, like Brent Venable is a defensive guru, just had to have been losing his mind with their ability to not get stops and not keep yards and points off the board. This is a class full of potential difference makers and in, in a foundation that can help turn that turn it around. You know, they have an electric pass rusher in the fold and at a Pujo, at a Baware. They have some dynamic defensive backs committed, guys like Peyton Bowen and Makari Vickers. And and so they also go out and land one of the most athletic linebackers in the country in Samuel Omoshigo and and Lewis Carter. I think those are guys that can be the guys at at linebacker for years to come. And so Oklahoma, it's a very pivotal recruiting class for them coming off such a mediocre season by their, you know, six and seven. That is not Oklahoma football, three and six in the conference. Conference and again, terrible on defense. That is that is not what Brent Venables is accustomed to. I think he went out and, and recruited recruited a, a class to to kind of get them back on their feet and get them playing the way that they want to play. When you when you talk about positions and, and who kind of had standout halls at, at those respective positions, you know, obviously with quarterback, Alabama took two guys and Eli Holstein and Dylan Lonergan. I love the way Texas is building their quarterback room. You know, you got Quinn Ewers there. You're bringing an Arch Manning behind him. You know, I think that's awesome. And then Jackson Arnold's the best high school football quarterback in the country right now. And we'll see how these guys develop in college but I, I think he plays against the best competition and, and, and plays at the highest level week in and week out. I think he's outstanding You know, from a running back standpoint. Alabama, uh, they land two of the top four guys in the 24-7 sports composite and Justice Haynes and, and Richard Young got a chance to see Justice Haynes at the All-America Bowl for a week. He's a five foot 11, 200 pound specimen that can also catch the football. Had a fantastic senior season for Buford High, averaging over 10 yards a carry. I think he averaged over 12 yards per carry. Legs of a thoroughbred, extremely quick, explosive, decisive runner that can run with power and finesse. I think he's the real deal and uh, uh, excited about that, about uh, Alabama's running back haul. Uh, from a receiver standpoint, Ohio State has the best class in the country. No surprise there. You know, Brandon Innes, Carnell Tate, 
Noah Rogers, and then you know they have a fourth one in the class that doesn't get as much pub. But when I saw him in the spring at the overtime OT7 uh, Nationals event, Bryson Rogers from the Sunshine State, he was also fantastic and a guy Ohio State took an early commitment from. They love him. So the Buckeyes, they boast the best receiver room in college football this year. You know, USC, Zachariah Branch, Makai Lemon, and, and, and Jacoby Lane, and those guys, you can make a case. That's also a fantastic receiver class. But I would give the slight nod to Ohio Ohio State there. In the offensive line, it's Miami. You know, I have the best offensive line class in the country. In my opinion, two five-star tackles, Francis Maigoa and Samson Okanlola are, are the bell cows of that group. I know that Mario Cristobal and company also love Tommy Kinsler, an interior player from in-state uh, that they think is going to be a really good player for them along with Frankie Tenelau. But obviously, you're, in, in Antonio Tripp, uh, they beat Penn State for two bell cows are, are Maui Goen, Samson Okanlola. Both are college-ready physicians physically and athletically they'll be thrown into the fire right away and i think that you know they're they're incredibly talented lsu is the other school that you would say would maybe potentially have the best offensive line class in the country i think you know the tigers is they have one of the top classes in america highlighted by what they did on the offensive line so good group coming in to baton rouge the best defensive line class in the country is no question alabama you got keon keely headlining it other composite five stars are defensive line and James Smith. We just minted Yonze Pierre, a 24-7 sports five-star. Quay Rousseau, who could also play in the second levels part of that group. So this is an Alabama class that defensive line and front seven was an area that Nick Saban and company definitely identified as a need. Jordan Renaud was one of the most explosive players at the Under Armour All-America game. So he's a twitchy guy that's going to be a problem up front. Edric Hill is a versatile player at the point of attack from Kansas City. Hunter Osborne's an in-state guy. So I think that I just named you seven front seven players, six of them pure defensive linemen. Quay Rousseau, versatile you know, Yonze Pierre, pass rusher off the edge. Maybe he's a stand-up guy, but that, that group that Alabama put together on the defensive front is is very special. Kind of move over to linebacker here. When you talk about the top linebacker classes in the country, I think of Texas first with with Anthony Hill and Tassili Akana. You know, those are guys that are, are athletic, rangy players that bring a lot of versatility. Anthony Hill is arguably the top linebacker in, in the country. And, and then the group that Georgia has coming in is very special, Raylan Wilson, C.J. Allen, Troy Bowles. Raylan Wilson is a freak at the position, can can really run well. C.J. Allen and Raylan Wilson are both two-way standouts that dominate as ball carriers too. And then Troy Bowles, he's the son of Tampa Bay Buccaneers, head coach Todd Bowles. So a really good linebacker class for Georgia, really good linebacker class for Texas. Ole Miss hitting on one a very important recruit at the position in Sunterine Perkins, holding off Alabama from him to, to keep him in state. Cornerback class, uh, Alabama getting Desmond Ricks and, and, and Jaleel Hurley at the corner position. Jermaine Matthews and Calvin Simpson Hunt going to Ohio State's another duo uh, that kind of stands out to me. Jermaine Matthews, a guy that Bring some some versatility there uh, on the back end at safety. Again, this Alabama class, the second best recruiting class in in twenty four seven sports history. Caleb Downs, uh, uh, the number one player at the position in the country, uh, love that at the top. I think Oklahoma getting Peyton Bowen and Makari Vickers was very detrimental 
to what they're trying to do. So I can't give you the rundown on the kickers or the punters, Brandon. I hope that's all right, man. We'll have to call somebody else in for that. No, you got that encapsulated perfectly. That's uh, I mean, look at these top position groups. These are the type of the type of information I like to hear about. I call them like the, the bedrock of these programs. So these are the guys that are going to really not only potentially be instant impact guys, but this is really what the programs are going to be built around here over the next couple of years as well. So a few few names to keep an eye on there on signing day, but for the most part, schools moving forward to 2024 and beyond. I want to thank Steve Oldfong for joining us to break everything down as we head toward the signing day and, of course, look to the future. For our producer, Lance Glenn, I'm Brandon Marcello. This has been the College Football Daily. We'll see you down the road. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast wherever you get your podcasts.